Welcome to this week's episode of Ohio Folklore. Your host, Melissa Davies, is going to take you on a journey through Ohio's most legendary stories. You'll learn the myths, the histories, and everything in between. Come discover what lies beneath the surface of what only seems ordinary in the Buckeye State. Time is short, so let's get looking. Please welcome your host, Melissa Davies. Hello, Ohio Folklore listeners. Welcome to this supplemental episode of Ohio Folklore. If you haven't already listened to the Faceless Hitchhiker episode, please do so now. What we discuss today will make much more sense after you've listened fully to that episode. I wasn't originally planning to release a second episode on the topic, but felt compelled to do so when I received an overwhelming amount of interest. So many of you, especially locals from Claremont County, have written to tell me your own stories and experiences. I was truly struck by the sheer volume of people who've had unusual experiences at this fabled intersection. The consistency in the details of what is seen is just stunning. Just who or what the faceless hitchhiker is, is up for debate. Clearly, something is going on. The accounts are too numerous and their details too similar to brush off lightly. Another thing we can be sure about is the place the faceless hitchhiker has taken in local folklore. A man many of you know, a Mr. Rick Crawford, was once a local historian. Sadly, he's recently passed away, but you can still find his books and videos on YouTube. The legend of the faceless hitchhiker was one of his most told tales. I'd say he's owed some credit for keeping this legend alive. Not everyone who goes looking for the faceless hitchhiker finds what they're searching for. I've heard from many of you who've gone to the intersection in the wee small hours of the morning in hopes of spotting the ragged specter. Many of you come up empty-handed. Many of you have lived in the area all your lives and have driven through the intersection countless times and have never seen a thing. This is not true for our guest in today's episode. Tracy Callahan served as a trooper for the Ohio State Patrol for many years, working out of the Batavia Post. He's now retired from that position. He often worked the night shift and drove through the 222-125 intersection a myriad of times while on patrol. Tracy is not a ghost hunter. He is not a paranormal enthusiast. He spent a career as a public servant and has collected many engaging stories over that time. None compare to the events he's about to describe to us here. To be honest with you, you know, years ago, I would have never been the person that was convinced there was a, a ghost or, or something like that. Not that I, I don't, you know, I, I always believe that there's something more out there that we don't know about, but I would have never been, the, uh, like I said, the person that you know, said, oh, yeah, I believe in ghosts. But, um, you know, a couple of things that uh, I saw over the years, you know, you just, 
you can't help but kind of change your mind about it or at least wonder. Yeah, something you can't yeah. quite explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So you came to this in a real kind of objective stance. You're not like a ghost hunter, you know, or somebody that goes out there looking for stuff. Obviously, no, not, not, a, not at all, especially, uh, you know, prior to me experiencing what I, what I saw, I, I would have never given it a second thought. Can you describe what happened exactly? Uh, sure. I can't remember the exact year. I want to say it was probably 1994, 1995. Uh, I know it was real early in my career. Uh, and I actually patrolled Claremont County. Okay. And and I had even handled um, some fatal accidents in that area. Um, ah. 125 and 222 was always a, a pretty dangerous area when it right. came to traffic crashes. And uh, and even to this day, I don't know if they have a whole lot of crashes there, but when you have one, it's a bad one. Put it that way. Ah. On what I can recall, I can uh, remember handling, you know, two or three um, traffic fatalities in that area. And, and now 222 actually intersects with 125 in two locations. Yeah, you Phantom know. Fireworks, mm-hmm. I think, is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then just up the road, uh, not too far. Okay. Uh, going, going into East Fork State Park. Um, uh, but right. anyway... Um, it was probably 94, 95. I hadn't heard a thing about uh, this, this, uh, you know, anyone citing anything. I hadn't heard about this uh, urban legend, folklore, you know, uh, whatever it's called. Um, never heard it before. And, and I grew up in Claremont County. Okay. Um, um, but it was uh, nighttime. If I had to guess, I'd probably say it was around 1 or 2 a.m. Uh, and I was just driving, and, you know, one of the things we do, or we did, and they still do, is if, you know, you see somebody, whether it be a hitchhiker, whether it be somebody walking, whatever the case, you, you know, you stop and help them out. Right. Uh, see if they need a ride, see what's going on, you know, and, and, the, and it's twofold. You're also, at that time of the morning, you know, if you see something, somebody walking, they may look suspicious, you're also going to check them out and see what they're up to. Sure. So I was headed east on uh, 125, and um, I looked to my left, and it's a fairly rural rural area. Uh, okay. Back then, I don't believe the fireworks place was there. Um, you know, it's kind of, there's, a, there's a new subdivision there now, so it's, I think it's, uh, it was a little more rural back then. Uh, but as I was headed east, there was another car coming toward me in the westbound direction. So I, I happened to look over to my left, and I saw a person. Um, I would have described him as a, probably a late teen, early 20-year-old male. But it looked like at the time, I don't know if he had a hood on or a toboggan or something. It was just very dark. He was wearing all black clothing. They were all dark clothing, I'd say. Uh, and the reason I saw him was because of the headlights on the other car that were coming okay. westbound as I was going east. So I just caught a glance of it. Uh, so I maybe drove about another, not even a quarter of a mile, and I did a U-turn. 
pulled up. I even called in my stop like we normally would. I just told my dispatcher that I was going to be out with a pedestrian. They're at 125 near 222 North. And then I called that in as soon as I turned around. And then as I started to get closer to the intersection, I couldn't see anything. Uh, hmm. and, then, you know, and at the time, I thought maybe someone saw me turn around, you know, maybe this person was up to no good, um, et cetera, and maybe they took off. Right. Um, you know, so I went up 222, uh, you know, headed back west on 25, um, uh, looked around. Um, I looked off the road using my spotlight a little bit on 222. Couldn't see anything. So I went on back about my business. I called the dispatcher back, uh, told him the pedestrian was gone, and I continued on. Uh, I drove east again, probably about another, before you get into the town of Bethel, probably three, four miles. Um, and I did a U-turn trolling that stretch of highway. And as I'm coming back, um, I saw it again, same exact thing. This time he was on the south side of the road. So as I'm traveling west, a few cars were coming toward me heading east, uh, three or four, and then I clear as day, I saw this uh, same individual, had, either had a hoodie on or a toboggan, or a dark toboggan, dark clothing, and he was just standing there. He wasn't walking, he didn't have his thumb out hitchhiking, he was just standing there, but he was uh, facing the, the eastbound traffic. So this ah. time I immediately did a U-turn and uh, tried to keep my eyes on because I was thinking maybe this person was going to take off again. I figured the first time he saw me, he took off, hid in the ditch, the woods, whatever. So I uh, figured maybe they, he was up to something. So I kept my eye on him the entire time, except for maybe a, just a split second while I was making my U-turn. Uh, but once I made my U-turn, I could still see him. I called him in again. Uh, I even pulled the dispatcher I was going to be out with. Uh, the same pedestrian from earlier um, that I never found and pulled up now this when I pulled up in front of this person I was probably you know you want to maintain a safe distance you don't want to pull right up on somebody so I was probably I don't know 30 yards 20, 25 30 yards at the most uh, when I stopped on the burn now my lights are flashing and uh, at the time, we had red and blue lights uh, along with a spotlight. And I put it on the individual, and plain as day, you know, 30 yards in front of me, got my spotlight on him, lights, no problem. I stepped out of my car, and out of habit and out of training, you always look back when you're stepping out of your car to make sure you're not stepping out of traffic. I mean, and literally, maybe a quarter of a second or maybe a tenth of a second I looked back there was no cars turned back around and started to walk toward the front of my car I was going to approach him gone nowhere and I immediately started using my flashlight I'm looking uh, you know there was really no place in that spot for him to go and I got on I even got on my portable radio and I called my dispatcher and I uh, told her um, you know, get somebody else out here. I'm going to try to find this guy. He's obviously up to, up to no good. Something, something's going on. But I literally had no idea what was going on because 
I mean, I'm telling you, I was looking right at him. I stepped out of my car and was still looking at him because I was watching his hands. And literally, like I said, not probably not even a tenth of a second. I literally just a turn of my head uh, to check for traffic. And when I turned back around, there was just nothing. And what I thought was peculiar at the time was I really, there was nothing I could tell you about the person. Um, I mean, I had a spotlight on him. I had red and blue lights flashing in his face, or, or what should be his face. Um, uh, but I, I figured what he was doing at the time was just looking down. So I could only see what I assumed was the top of uh, uh, his hat, so to speak, okay? And his hands were down to his side. But literally that tenth of a second, you know, and, and then when I turned back around, it was gone. So I had, uh, actually, I can't remember who it was, but it was a, uh, a Carmel County deputy showed up. I explained to him that I saw this guy twice. He's taken off on me both times. And I can remember even telling the deputy that I don't know how he got away the second time because I was literally right in front of him. I mean, it was just like somebody flipped a switch. Literally, that's how long, if you can imagine how long it takes if you're stepping out of a car and you're looking forward, you literally just look back real quick and he was gone. Kind of freaked me out a little bit, but at the time, uh, I, I still wasn't, you know, convinced that uh, I was dealing with anything out of the ordinary other than a person that was trying to run from me, but I couldn't explain how fast we got away. I can remember even telling the deputy that it was the craziest thing that I ever seen. I never seen anybody move that quick. Turn my head a split second, boom, gone, vanished. And and there was no wooded area. There's a there's a large landscaping company. I can't remember the name. It might have been Anstad or something like that. But it was all wide open. It was like a parking lot they used for uh, to park equipment or, or to keep gravel. It was way off the road. There was no trees. Uh, you know, maybe some tall weeds in the ditch. That's about it. When I looked back and saw that he was gone, I immediately, I mean, I had my flashlight in my hand. I started scanning the whole area, started yelling for them to stop. I couldn't hear anything running, couldn't see anywhere. It just boggled my mind. So, well, like I said, I still wasn't, you know, convinced it was anything unnatural. I, I just thought it was just crazy how fast this person was. I mean, he wasn't even prepared to run. He was literally just standing there, and it looked like he had his, looked like he was looking at the ground. Couldn't make out any, you know, facial features or anything like that. It was just dark clothes, somebody with a hat on. Um, so we looked, we searched, couldn't find anything. Um, okay. And then a few days later, same area, I was back assigned to that, Route 125. So I started to think about it. So, you know, I wonder if this kid's out here running around tonight. I drove out there, didn't see anything. Started, uh, you know, had a couple of calls, did the usual. You know, kind of forgot about it, really. I wasn't paying any attention to it. And at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I was heading, you know, same direction. I was actually heading toward the Felicity area where we had gotten a call. But because I was in the same area, just my curiosity, you know, I just kept looking for this person, just to, just in case. So as I'm heading to Felicity from uh, the 125 area, and I'm heading toward Bethel, same area, this time I saw two people. The, the male person, or what I assumed was the male person, identical to what I saw before, 
the other person at the time I couldn't tell if it was male or female, but it looked like they were holding hands. It just gave me that impression that it looked like they were holding hands. I immediately, I mean immediately, turned around and gone. They were gone. You know, then I started to kind of freak out a little bit. I didn't know what was going on. You know, at first I wasn't going to say anything about it. I thought maybe I'm just losing my mind. You know, they, they had just vanished. I didn't bring it up to anybody. I didn't, you know, hey, you guys ever heard of you know this story or anything? Because at this time I still hadn't heard that. Um, I was at. This was probably a few weeks later. I was at um, the um, one of the uh, town festivals. I believe it was maybe Neville. It was down in Neville on the river. And the Claremont County historian at the time, I cannot remember his name, it was Rick, Rick Crawford. I knew who Rick was, you know, and I'd never met him, but he was down at the town festival. Well, I was telling a friend of mine, uh, me and my wife were together at this thing, and I was telling a friend of mine about this. Rick Crawford had overheard it. He's the one that told me, you know, hey, there's a story about this. There's a story that goes with this. So he starts telling me this, you know, and I brush it off, you know, I, I'm thinking Rick, he's always got a story. Like I said, I didn't, didn't really know him, but I had, uh, knew who he was, you know, and he was always doing interviews with somebody and, you know, I think that he was just telling me an interesting story, you know what I mean? Just to entertain me. Um, but once he told me that, you know, and I didn't admit this to anybody, but it really, you know, then I really started to freak out a little bit. Um, after that, over the next few years, because uh, I patrolled Claremont County for probably about 10 years on night shift, that became a just a thing I was always watching for. You know, I would forget about it, wouldn't pay any attention to it, didn't talk about it with anybody. You know, I just figured everybody would tell me I was nuts. You know, but it was still always in the back of my mind. And uh, so it was literally you know, maybe two or three years later. I hadn't seen anything, hadn't experienced anything else, you know, uh, you know, basically kind of forgot about it. And then one night, there are some condominiums or apartments in the curve as you pass 222. But I had a car stop. Uh, I was actually still standing at the car talking to this person and had the driver's license in my hand. A car goes by me and honks the horn. Uh, it was late at night. You know, not a lot of traffic out, but the car goes by me. And as soon as this car was right next to me, honks the horn. So, uh, and the car was very close to me. The car got very close to me. So I gave this person back their driver's license. I get in my car and I take off. I'm going to find out what this, why this person is. Uh, you know, I didn't know if he was trying to play a game. Be real close. The office one kind of scared me. Didn't know what it was. Uh, but I followed this person into those condominiums. I caught up with him. Followed, followed him into the condos. This person was drunk. He had been in a fight at the bar he was at. He was uh, heavily intoxicated. So I'm actually standing in the condominium uh, parking lot, putting him through field sobriety tests. And I'm standing there and doing my usual uh, field test to uh, see if this guy is intoxicated. And he was. He was very drunk, actually. So I'm talking to him. Well, while I'm standing there talking to this guy, 
and I've got my flashlight in his face, and I'm looking. I look out, and I just, for whatever reason, something caught out of the corner of my eye, and I look out onto 125, and I see this person. Same identical hat, dark clothing, has his face, he's looking at the ground, but he was facing me while I'm in the condo parking lot. Okay, now I couldn't really do anything because I was, my hand was in the middle of arresting this person. And, but I literally, and it, at that point, it really did freak me out because I looked up and what it looked like, the same as before when I had uh, uh, spotted him the second time when I pulled right up to him, it looked like a person standing, facing me, kind of had his arms to his sides, but his elbows sticking out a little bit. But it was as if they had a, it was all dark clothing. It was as if, it was as if he had a dark toboggan on and was looking at the ground. It was the same exact pose. That really freaked me out, and it freaked me out so much, I got on my radio, and I called for anybody to come and check this guy that's standing out at 125, just watching me arrest this person. I'm kind of in a conundrum, because I really don't want to take my eyes off the guy out at 125, but I'm also I'm in the middle of trying to arrest this person who was uh, beat up and drunk. The uh, a deputy, a deputy cruised by, um, but one of my sergeants showed up. I didn't say anything then about the person out on the road uh, when he when he first got there because he was he was worried about this person that I was arresting. Kind of dealt with that. Uh, the deputy that cruised by had made a U-turn and come back, and as soon as I got this person handcuffed and got him in the back of my car, I started asking the deputy because he pulled in. I said, did you see the guy standing on 125? I said he was not even 60 yards away, 60, 75 yards away from us, from where I was in the, in the condo parking lot. He was looking for the person that I called in about. Could not find anything, didn't see anything. He said the guy must have took off. That really freaked me out because I'm telling you, it was, it was, if I could have taken a picture of what this person looked like when he was standing in front of my patrol car, um, or about, you know, 25 yards away. I mean, it was the exact image. Even the way he was standing, you know, arms were down to his side, elbows were sticking out just a little bit, uh, and he was looking at the ground. And that was, that was the last time, that was the last that, time I saw anything. What an incredible series of experiences you had there and the consistency of what you saw. Uh, yeah, what, what really freaked yeah. me out was that it was three years later, uh, two or three years later, and right. the image was exact. Mm. I mean, literally, it was like I said, it was like somebody would have taken a picture that night, you know, and then showed it. It was the exact image, you know. So that really freaked me out. Uh, I told a couple people about it. Uh, you know, I can remember telling actually probably you know a handful, a few people about it. And, uh, um, and it really did, it, it, you know, especially that last night when I saw him stand on there, just, you know, this time he was facing the condos I was in, in the parking lot, and it was just the exact image, I mean, to a T. But, but that was the last time I saw anything. You know, over the years I told a couple people about it, never really heard anything else about it. The image you describe is very consistent with the other first-hand accounts that I've learned about. The long clothing, 
um, the looking down or having something concealing the face. Mm -hmm. they, you can never really see the face. Right. Um, yeah. And had you ever heard more about the Faceless Hitchhiker, or at least the legend after that? I did not hear another word until you texted me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Not, not, I mean, and that's, you know, and that's been, like I said, the last time I saw him was probably 1997, 98. I had talked about it to a couple people after that. Um, I ended up uh, getting promoted and I left um, the uh, Batavia Post. I think it was in 2001. But you never heard a peep about it again from anybody. You know, like I said, over the years, I think I told that story a couple times. Um, but yeah, never, the last time I heard anything about it was when I experienced it in 98. Uh, because I transferred to, I got promoted in 2001. Yeah, that was it. I had until you texted me the other day. I hadn't heard a word about it. Well, you're certainly not alone. Uh, there are so many accounts. This episode of all the ones I've done so far has had the most response. It's really, really remarkable. Oh yeah, the the amount of people that have had personal experiences with it. Um, far and away, I've been getting so much feedback. I mean, there's something. I don't know what it is. I mean, if it's somebody that's playing a hoax. You know, it's very elaborate. Oh, so that's uh, a pretty elaborate hoax. I mean, yeah. and, to, and to show up where I'm at, the exact same spot three years later, um, yeah. that would that would be difficult. <laughs> you know? Right. And why would they approach a law enforcement officer and antagonize you knowing the outcome of what that will be? <laughs> no, right. probably. Yeah, I mean, because believe me, yeah. I mean, I, all I, I, I can't tell you how bad I wanted to get my hands on this person. Oh, sure. Um, you know, after seeing him, you know, the first time I figured it was, you know, someone that ran away from me. Second time, I'm 30 yards from him, and then poof, gone, you know, and at the time, I figured he ran away from me. Um, you know, and back yeah. then, I was young. Um, I mean, no one ever got away from me. Right, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, but then I didn't even see what direction to go to. Right. I, I mean, that's what puzzled, that puzzled, that really, that one definitely freaked me out, because... You know, like I said, I was looking right at him. Uh, right. As I, as I stepped out, and a tenth of a second, I looked just to make sure that no cars were coming so I could close my door and step out and go around my car. Done. Yeah, that really took me out. Now, those first two occurrences, were they, how far apart were they? Those were I think, just a few days apart. In time and then in distance, mm -hmm. too? Were they pretty oh, close? Oh, they were, yeah, they were within, I'd say within 100 yards. Oh, wow. Of each other. Okay. We're right. talking about the, like, the Bantam Road um, intersection where 222 and 125 near Spork Park? Yes. Yeah, near Park? East Fork okay. Park. Yeah, East Fork. East Fork, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's a pretty rural area. I said, right. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen them. That other time, if it weren't for the, or actually probably wouldn't see him at all, if it wouldn't have been for headlights on other cars that were coming toward me. Right. And, and uh, you know, I just caught the glimpse of it. But then that night at the condo, where those condos were, you know, I mean, I could see it pretty clear. Um, I mean, because where the condo, you know, sits right on 125, you know, where the parking lot looked for the condominiums and, you know, maybe 60 yards. So even the third time, even the yeah, third I mean, I, time was right in a close area. 
yeah, and it, and it's a, a fairly, uh, you know, right there in that that particular spot, you know, it was, you know, halfway decently lit. Uh, I mean, it didn't have street lights or anything, but there was still, you know, I saw other cars going by, and I don't know. I just, I never, never could explain it, and yeah, never, never saw it again. And like I said, I pulled that story, you know, a couple times maybe, and uh, so now we're getting close to. Yeah, you know, what, 20, 20 years ago? Made an impact on, on you. I'm sure it's a memory that'll stay with you. Oh, yeah. I remember like it was yesterday, especially yeah. with the condo. I mean, I even remember the guy that I arrested that night in detail because of that. Was, Could he uh, see him? Could the guy you were arresting, did he, he notice him? I, no, I, and I, I didn't see him because he was facing me. Um, okay. While I was putting through him through field sobriety tests. Oh, sure. Uh, so he's facing me, and he was, like, drunk drunk. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, basically what I was doing is I had my flashlight pointed at the person that I was in the process of arresting. Uh, I was having him do field tests while I tried to keep my eye on the person standing out on the road. Because uh, so we while I was basically giving this guy instructions on what to do is when I... Just, I just kind of moved my eyes. I looked over to the left, and that's when I saw him. And I just stopped. I didn't say a word. I just stood there. And then that's when I started talking to the uh, uh, to the person that I arrested, more telling him what to do. But the whole time, I kind of was keeping my eyes on both of them, you know, simultaneously going back and forth. Okay. And, uh, it was uh, it was interesting. So each time he he seemed just like a normal, solid person, like. Uh, there was no, like, transparent, you no. know, anything unusual like that. No, and it was dark. Um, yeah. You know, I just assumed it was because he had dark clothing on. And then, and to me, it looked, like I said, like he was looking down because, and, and that he had had a toboggan on. That's what it appeared to me. Because I couldn't really see facial features. You know, I mean, I knew it was a person. And at the time, you're you're not thinking anything else other than it's an actual person. Right. So, it, so it's almost like you tell yourself, you just assume that this person's just looking down at the ground. Mm. And then, but when you think back, you, you know, now you don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. No, uh, no idea. It's just, you know, there's certain things about this world I just don't know if we can explain. It's, um, yeah. And, and that's where I'm at on it. I, you know, I think there's, I, you know, I, I've always believed that there was something else. I never necessarily believed in ghosts or anything like that. But I, I think that it's a little arrogant for people to think there's nothing else out there. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, I mean, I'm always open. You know, basically, I always, have, I always keep an open mind. I think that's a healthy thing. Yeah. yeah because it is kind of a, it takes a lot of a presumption to think that we know everything. Years ago, the smartest people on the planet thought the Earth was flat. Uh, so, you know, so who knows what we're going to know? A hundred years from now. This concludes our supplemental episode on the Faceless Hitchhiker. Thanks for listening. It's early for Halloween festivities, but for those of you in Ohio's northeastern corner, you can come see Ohio folklore in action. I'll be speaking on the evening of October 24th at the Avon Public Library. Hope to see you there.
This week's episode of Ohio Folklore has now come to an end, but the searching doesn't have to end here. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, head over now to ohiofolklore.com. You can also get in touch on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep wondering. <laughs>